Welcome to the Create a Relationship You Love Summit. I'm your host, Andrea Carella, and the benefits of the summit are to help couples create satisfying, authentic, harmonious, and passionate relationships. Today, we have a very special guest, Shelly Lefko, who is a parenting guru. I met Shelly at a conference and loved her parenting philosophy that builds a child's self-esteem as well as teaches them along the way how to be on the right track. Today, we will be talking about parenting consciously in your partnership. We will cover what are the differences between conscious and unconscious parenting, her top three practical parenting tips to help your child grow in the present and in the future, and then also how to help motivate your child to do homework, chores, and respect boundaries. Welcome, Shelly, to the summit. I'm so excited to have you on today. Thanks for having me, Andrea. Great. First off, I'm curious, what are the responsibilities and qualities of an effective parent? Can you go into that a little bit? Sure. I just want to say that, you know, there's no such thing as a perfect parent, just like there's no perfect human being. We're all perfect in our own ways, in our own flaws and foibles. We all have those. So I want to create a context around this conversation that we will do the best job that we can and no one's perfect, not even me. So having said that, I think the responsibilities of a parent are to raise a child free from limitations. And by that, I don't mean a child who runs around, who has no discipline, who's a lunatic. I mean a child who is free to express themselves, who can live their lives authentically, not worried about what other people think of them, but rather come from a place of respect, dignity, kindness, caring, love, and contribution. So the responsibility, as far as I'm concerned, is to raise a child who has the kind of beliefs that will have them turn out to be that kind of contributing conscious human being that you would love your child to be. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'll talk more as we go along about how to do that. But by beliefs, I mean... Beliefs like, I'm good enough, I'm capable, I matter, I make a difference. You know, mistakes and failures are learning opportunities. So those are the beliefs that I think have your children turn out. So your responsibility as a parent is to be present in your child's life and create an environment where those beliefs will get formed. Mm, absolutely. And, you know, thinking about self-esteem, how important that is for a child, what are ways that a parent can help their child experience greater self-esteem, confidence, and joy in their day-to-day life? Okay. So I'm going to tell you a couple of ways to do that. But the, the one thing that I just want to address about what you just said, Andrea, mm. is self-esteem is not important. It's not a nice idea. It is something without which they will not be all the things that you want them to be. So esteeming oneself, having esteem for oneself is what counts. And I'll tell you that us get very caught up in grades and, you know, straight A's and really kind of pushing our kids to do well in sports. There have been many studies, it's not even controversial anymore, that there is absolutely no correlation between how well kids do in school and how successful they become later on in life. And I would contend 
that is because of what I call beliefs. And ultimately, the most important beliefs are the self-esteem beliefs. I've been working with people for the past 30 years, all day, every day. And for the most part, now that I'm on Skype, I think I have more clients in uh, around the world than I do sometimes in America. Mm, mm-hmm. um, and everybody has the same issues, the same lack of self-esteem, lack of self-confidence that stops them in life. Mm. So the whole idea of creating self-esteem is one of the most important things that you're doing as a parent. Now, how you do that. First thing I would say is an overall, since you and I don't have a lot of time together, I can't give you, you know, my eight hour CD set, Mm. you know, in the time that we have. I would love to, but I can't. Mm -hmm. So what I'll do is I'll give you a couple of tips But the most important thing is to get trained, get trained, get trained. You need a license to drive a truck, but anybody can parent. And that's nuts. Because if I said to you, you know, you're going to be in charge of the emotional, physical, spiritual, intellectual development of a human being, that's your job. Would you say to me, oh, you know, piece of cake, no problem. That sounds like a very important job, probably one of the most important jobs on the planet. It is. It truly is. And, you know, I know that you're doing a relationship um, summit. And one of the things that I'd like to say is the first thing, the best gift you can give your kids is modeling a successful relationship with your spouse or your partner. Very, very important because they're watching you. And they're figuring out the world. You know, you're born without any beliefs. You come into the world, you just don't know anything. And you look at your parents' relationship and you think, wow, it's beautiful to be in love. You know, I've actually had clients who have had the belief, love is painful. And the first time I heard that, it was like, what? (laughs) It's like I couldn't even believe somebody would have such a belief. Mm -hmm. And it comes from watching parents fight. Not, not fight like you should never fight in front of your kids. I mean, you know, dysfunctional fighting, um, you know, where mom might have gotten hit or something. And, and uh, one of my clients said, why do you stay with him? And she said, because I love him. So she concluded love is painful. So your children are watching you and they're concluding things about relationship, about the world, about life, and about themselves, obviously. So giving your children, being conscious about how you interact with your spouse on a daily basis and modeling a healthy, loving relationship with your children is very, very important. Mm. Um, The other ways you can give them self-esteem, and again, you can't give them self-esteem. You can create an environment in which they're more likely to conclude certain things about themselves than others. So for example, my soapbox, which anybody who's heard me speak before has heard me say this, Um, If you're looking at your iPhone while your child is talking to you or your smartphone, they're going to, if you constantly do that, they're going to conclude, I'm not important. You might want to just put down your phone or put your phone to the side a second, ask your caller to hold on, you know, and just look at your child and say, what you have to say to me is very important and I can't listen right now. As soon as I'm finished, you'll have my undivided attention. Now that takes 11 seconds to say that. So you can put somebody on hold or wait. You can also have the conversation with your child. I can't always listen to you. I can't always give you my attention. But know that you are the most important thing to me. And and what you have to say is important. And you matter. 
And sometimes mommy or daddy has to do work or has to do whatever. So you're constantly building that in the same way if you're somebody who travels uh, for work a lot. Call your child on Skype. Ask them, how was your day? So they say, wow, I'm important enough for them to call me. Because remember, the first six to eight years of life, you are it, it, it for your children. They don't say mommy doesn't love me. They say I'm not lovable. I'm not important. I'm not good enough. Attention is very, very important. You know, it's funny that this comes out alliterated because it actually is true. When I ask parents of little children, and if you're listening, look for yourself. When you come home at the end of the day and your little one sees you, what do they do? And everybody in every country says, they run up to me. And I say, and what do they want? They want affection, attention, and acknowledgement. That's what every child alive wants, affection, attention, and acknowledgement. So if you give them affection, they conclude, I'm lovable. If you give them attention, they conclude, I'm important. If you, if you don't criticize them, they conclude, I'm good enough. So there's a difference between saying to your child, honey, it's not okay to hit somebody, hitting hurts, That's a piece of information as opposed to you are bad or stop that right now. or What's wrong with you? Because then they conclude there's something wrong with me. I'm not good enough. Mm -hmm. So the way to build self-esteem is to be very conscious of what your child is concluding out of any interaction that they're having with you. Mm -hmm. If they, if they make a mistake, or fail to do something that you want, instead of saying, you let me down, I'm disappointed, in which case they conclude I'm a failure, I'm worthless, I'm not good enough, you can say, learning opportunity, (laughs) ding, 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 Mm -hmm. ding, ding, Mm -hmm. if you're crazy crazy like me. And then they Mm -hmm. conclude, I made a mistake, but I learned something. Mm -hmm. And in today's world, uh, Andrea, you cannot be successful without being innovative. And you Mm -hmm. cannot be innovative without failing. So you need to teach your children that mistakes and failures are learning opportunities. And even though in most of the schools that they go to, they haven't caught up (laughs) with that concept. Right, right. Because it's important to also be able to take risks, you know, calculated risks so that you try, that you step outside your comfort zone. And if you're always scared of making a mistake because for fear of being shamed, then that's going to really hinder you in life. So I'm glad that you mentioned that. I think that's an important piece. Yep. Yeah. Now, in today's busy and stressed out world and day-to-day life, how can parents, do you have some suggestions on how they can maintain consciousness throughout the ups and downs and stressors of a busy day in their interactions with their children? (laughs) Mm. Um, I I, I always kind of hesitate to go here because it's something that really could take a whole hour to just talk about, but I'll just (laughs) say it as succinctly as I can. So events have consequences and You know, if you lean out the window, you're going to fall out. And that's the consequence. But they don't have meaning. So meaning is, oh, I'm an idiot because I fell out the window. You know, the consequence of running into the street is you can get hit by a car. 
but that doesn't mean that cars are dangerous or that you wanted to die or that you have a bad child. So we give meaning throughout the day to everything. And it is the meaning that we give what our children do, what our spouses do, what our friends do, what our bosses do, what our employees do that causes all our suffering. So this is, you know, this is something I teach. We have a 10-week course to teach how to do it. So I'm not going to delve into this. But Mm -hmm. I'll say that if you can use this little simple tool throughout the day, your stress will totally disappear, 100%. Mm -hmm. And it's asking yourself, my kid just mouthed off to me. What meaning did I give it? He or she is disrespectful. What else could it mean? Well, it could mean that they're just angry and expressing themselves. And I haven't taught them yet how to do that in a way that's conscious. Mommy, I'm angry at you. I'm very angry. So you teach them how to use I messages. But the fact that they mouthed off doesn't mean they don't respect you. So I'm going to tell you a little story. Mm. Brittany, my daughter was a teenager and she was very hormonal. And my husband, I mean, you could have called him St. Morty. He was the most (laughs) patient. He he really was. He was the Mm. most patient, loving, kindest father on the planet Earth. And one day she walked in the house and he said something and she said something. And I don't remember what it was. And she turned around. She goes, oh, my God, you're being such a. And she called him this terrible word Mm. and I was like horrified she goes I can't I I was like furious and he said Shelly relax and she walks into her room and she slams the door and he goes to the door and he says I hear a teenager who loves her father and is not in touch with it at this very moment (laughs) Uh, what a great reframe (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and you hear this shoe, she threw her sneaker at the door, and then we hear giggling, and she comes out, and she goes, oh, my God, Daddy, I am so sorry I said that to you. And she starts crying, and she goes, I love you so much. You're the best father in the world. I'm sorry. And then she told us, of course, what happened at school that upset her and mm-hmm. where it came from. Now, you're not always going to get to the source of what's going on with your kid. And I'm not telling you to not teach your child how to treat you in a way that makes you feel respected. But it doesn't mean when my daughter Brittany used to say no to me, I get angry. And I said, Shelly, what meaning are you giving it? Well, she doesn't care about me. What else could it mean? She has a lot on her plate. You know, she and, and at the time it was really true because she said when I went into her room and I said, you know, Brittany, I'm glad you said no to me and you're taking care of yourself. And she looked up at me. And she said, Mom, I'm sorry. She said, I have homework, I have a test tomorrow, and I have water polo practice. She had a lot on her plate. Mm-hmm. And she was taking care of herself. And what she, and the, this was the miracle. She turned around and she looked at me and she said, Mom, I, as soon as I'm finished, if I have anything left, I promise I'll help you. As opposed mm-hmm. to no. Mm-hmm. So it was a very, very powerful moment in my parenting of not giving meaning to what they say, because if you don't, the emotion goes away and 
you know, my husband came home and didn't kiss me hello. What meaning did I give it? I get upset. He doesn't love me anymore. What else could it mean? He had a hard day at work. What else could it mean? He's waiting for me to kiss him. But what does it really mean that he didn't kiss me? What do I know for sure because he didn't kiss me? And the answer is nothing. You Maybe he was running anything. to the bathroom. Maybe he had to go to the bathroom really quick. Yeah, but, but you got to be careful, Andrea, that you don't look for the truth. Because the truth is, even if I said to you, why didn't you? And you made up a meaning, I might play with you and get you to see that there are other meanings that could be driving that behavior. And you go, wow, I never thought of that. That could be true. Meaning mm -hmm. is always made up. So mm -hmm. as I said, that's a whole nother ball of wax. But if mm -hmm. you want to just try play with that, what do I know for sure? My kid got caught smoking pot. Oh my God, they're going to be a junkie. You know, no, you just made that up. You don't know that for sure. Now, that doesn't mean you shouldn't teach them about drugs. You shouldn't talk to them about drugs. You shouldn't get to the source of the problem. And those are my favorite four words in life. Get to the source. Get to the source of the problem. Don't put Band-Aids on it. Don't try to fix it. Get to the source. Get underneath. And your kid will have more self-esteem if you are interested enough to say, what is it about school that you don't like? What is it about homework that you don't like? What are you feeling that had you say what you just said to me? Very, very good skills and tools as a parent to learn how to take the stress out of your life. Mm, great. Great. Now, I, I'm curious also about anger because I know that sometimes when parents are disciplining, they, they, they can lose it. And so I'm curious, how can expressing anger be harmful to your kid? And what are the seven words or set of words that help avoid the damage that anger can potentially cause? Can you speak to that? I think that that's an important issue. Yeah. Anger is a human emotion that's a normal emotion. However, again, if you give events no meaning, your anger will go away. But beyond that, because a lot of you are going to forget that and won't do that. And, you know, I'm not sure we'll grasp that because it's a big concept. Anger. First thing is anger comes from powerlessness. If you, if you didn't feel powerless for the most part, you wouldn't be angry. You just feel like yeah, there's nothing you could do about it. And that's almost never true. So the more trained you get, the less powerless you feel, the less angry you'll be. The most important thing with anger, I think, is to express it in a healthy way without blaming, shaming, guilting, and being responsible for your anger. I feel, Stephen Glenn used to teach something, I feel about because I feel angry when you don't respect my things. I feel angry when I buy you something and you leave it out side, you know, in the rain. And let me tell you why <laughs> I feel angry. Own your anger, be responsible for it. I feel about because I feel angry when you blah, blah, blah. Never say you make me angry because then you turn yourself into a victim and you guilt your child. And the truth is, and it's a lie. They don't make you angry because they could do something one day and you don't get angry and they do the same thing the next day and you do get angry. So that's not valuable at all. You know, sometimes you want to take yourself 
away, not, you know, like I don't, I'm not a timeout girl. I think it's a, euph a euphemism for punishment. I don't think your kid learns anything. You know, I think they just feel bad about themselves and they plot revenge. Um, nobody was ever found, you know, in timeout going, gee, let me think about what I did and see what I could learn here. It's just not how kids think. So, mm -hmm. you know, sitting with a child. Now, if a child is behaving in a way that's not okay, you could say, listen, we need to do a little meditation here. You know, we need to breathe, relax, come back into yourself. But you're not sending them away. You're not rejecting them. Um, so anger uh, is something that I think if you own and if you're responsible for, and if you don't give the events meaning, you won't even hang, have it. But to the degree that you do, you know, you might say, I'm tired. I had a long day and I didn't want to come home to a messy kitchen. You know, that used to happen to me. That was the only thing I asked my girls. <laughs> just I just want the kitchen clean. I don't care about the rest of anything else. I like a clean kitchen. You know, we all have what I call our mishagas. We all have our nutty stuff. And that's mm -hmm. mine. So mm -hmm. I'd walk in and the kitchen wasn't clean. And I'd go, Brittany, I asked you to clean the kitchen, sweetie. I really hate it. So I hate walking into a house with a messy kitchen. You know, what's going, what, you know, what kept you from doing it? How could we do it next time? How can I support you in having it be different? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so it's really just taking responsibility for your own emotional state and your behaviors and then modeling really communication of that self-expression as a teaching tool and as a way of really feeling more empowered about addressing yeah. the issue as opposed to just losing it and then it causing all this potential damage to the child, to the relationship. So great. Thank you. That's very helpful. Yeah. yeah. But now, the yeah. thing that I talk about pretty much comes from my experience of working with people for 30 years and hearing their beliefs and where their beliefs come from. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I'm so fanatic about with these beliefs is they totally will determine how your life turns out. So if you believe I'm not good enough and I'm not capable, when you go on a job interview, you're not going to be very confident. If you don't have those beliefs, you will be. And one of the things that a lot of my clients, uh, um, many people have is a fear of conflict and fear of anger. And if you have a fear of conflict, you will not stand up for yourself. And excuse me, the last thing you want, the last thing you want your child to be afraid of in school, in high school, is to, is to be a fear of standing up for yourself because you're afraid of conflict, or you're afraid of anger. So... You say yes to things that you shouldn't say yes to. And then, you know, when you grow up and you're an adult, if you have a fear of conflict, you're not going to ask for a raise. You're not going to um, do things that might upset other people. And then your whole life is focused on others, not yourself. Um, mm. So what I'm talking about today is... A yeah, that's why I had you on because I, I think it's so fundamentally important, all these principles that you teach uh, for all our listeners, because I think it's very valuable. These are common issues that couples deal with, and being able to be conscious about it is definitely going to be better for their children, their home environment, and ultimately the world, because if if we're able to develop these skills in this next generation, then hopefully it can create a ripple effect in our world. So totally. thank you. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you okay. for that. So the next question that I have, I'm curious about what are the top Very three practical parenting tips for our <laughs> listeners that they can implement now and in the future? And I know you probably covered a couple of the main ones, but do you have any other practical parenting tips that they can implement or keep top of mind? Yes, I have tons and tons and tons. Um, the, validating your children's feelings are very, very important. Um, we very often unconsciously tell our children, you know, you shouldn't feel that way. Um, but they do feel that way. And imagine having a feeling, if you're listening to me right now, imagine you're angry or you're upset or you're sad. And somebody says, oh, don't be sad. And you look at them like, how can I not be sad? I'm sad, you right. know? But if somebody says to you, oh, Andrea, you are so sad. I got it. You feel gotten. You feel seen. And then there's space for the emotion to go away. If you say, kid comes in and says, I hate you. And you say, don't you dare talk to me like that. And they go, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you. If you say to your child, wow. You are really angry. This this really happened with Brittany and I. Um, mm. She once said, I hate you. And I said, wow, you must be really angry at me to feel like you hate me. And she looked at me and she goes, I don't hate you. I'm just angry. And I said, wow, you're really angry at me. And she goes, I'm not angry at you. I'm angry at what you did because I taught her that. <laughs> but the more right. I validated her feelings, Andrea, the more they went away. Mm -hmm. And if you think about it, you know, if you, you know, walk into the house and you tell your husband or your wife or your partner, you know, God, I had a lousy day. And they go, wow, yeah, I'm sorry. I had a lousy day. <sighs> As opposed to, oh, you're always complaining. So validating right. children's feelings, very important. The other thing is listen. Listen, 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 and don't talk. One of my favorite books was How to Talk to Kids So They Listen and Listen So Kids Talk by Faber and Mazlish. Um, they mm. were my first gurus uh, mm. in parenting. And, um, you know, if you listen, if you're present for your children, and, you know, again, I, I teach through story very often because I think it's powerful. You'll remember my stories. You may not remember my theories. Brittany was uh, an adolescent and I could never, you know, get her at that time to really talk to me. And it was a very short period. Brittany's a talker. And she was laying in bed and I went into her room and I said, you know, what's up, sweetie? You seem really kind of upset. Nothing. I said, oh, OK. I just sat there. And she started talking and she stopped talking and I didn't talk. And then she started talking some more. And I noticed that the less I talked, the more she talked. But the minute I said, oh, wow, wow. So then what else happened? Or what a great learning opportunity or that rotten kid, she did what? Or, oh, that teacher is, oh, the minute that happened, shut down the conversation. So listen, 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 and listen. You know, your child is not an empty receptacle to be filled with your fabulous information. Your child is um, a sponge 
That's watching and looking and learning. And your job as a parent is to guide them. So you're not the boss, you're their guardian angel. Guide them by listening. And then maybe later you might want to say to them, you know, I'd like to talk to you. Is this a good time? You know, I'd like to talk to you about what you said the other night. There was something you said that kind of concerned me. Could we talk about that? You know, ask your kids permission. And I think if I had to give you one tip, it's I always told my children, don't treat me with dignity and respect because I'm your mother. Treat me with dignity and respect because that's the way you treat people. That's how I treat you. Mm-hmm. I don't tell you to shut up. I don't like to be told to shut up. does not feel good in my body to be spoken to that way. I don't curse at you. I would like you to not curse at me. So if you treat your child with dignity and respect, and they will treat you that way. Yeah, so those are some mm. really good tips. I'm looking at my parenting CVs to see what else. Mm. <laughs> what other juicy, what other juicy words of wisdom you have, nuggets yeah. of wisdom. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, good. I'm curious, and I would imagine that this is a question that a lot of people on the call have. What what are some suggestions that you have to to get your child to do their homework or their chores or to respect boundaries? What are some suggestions that you have on having that conversation and being the most effective as a parent in the process? Well, one of the things is, you know, there's a lot of ways to do it. I mean, you know, first of all, you know, some people have the belief, I can't play until all my work is done. And when you grow up, I notice that all my work is never done. I believe that life is too short to not play. I believe that with all my heart, life should be fun. And, um, you know, to be perfectly frank, I think this homework business is horrendous. I think kids are in school all day long and they come home and they have to do homework. You don't come home and work. Why should they? Um, It just doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Uh, Children should have fun, be out playing. You know, now when they have sports, it's, you know, five days a week, three hours a day. You know, it's just consuming. So kids Mm. don't have time to just be and just express themselves. And I think that's really important. So don't make your kid finish all their work before they enjoy life. Let them go out and play, unwind, relax, have some fun, and then say, when would a good time for you be to do your homework? Would you like to do it before dinner or after dinner? Would you like to read first? And then um, whatever works for your family time-wise is part of the deal, of course. But have family meetings. You know, ask your children what are the hard things for them in terms of chores. Maybe we could have, you know, come up, let them create ideas you know, have they, people talk about a chore wheel, you know, or let them learn how to negotiate by trading chores with their siblings. Um, let them, let them have power, let them have a voice, you know, give them choices, make things fun, you know, brushing teeth with little ones, you know, do you want to march into the bathroom or sing into the bathroom or, you know, she'll say, well, let's do cartwheels into the bathroom. You know, talk to them and again, get to the source if they don't want to do their homework. 
what is it about homework that you dislike so much? And how could we make it different and teach them? Sometimes you have to do things you don't like. You know, that's that's a part of life. And, you know, if you want to get a good education and learn, you have to keep up with the class and homework's part of the deal. You know, I don't like it either, but, you know, it's part of the deal. And if you don't do it, you know, you, know, you might fall behind. There might be a consequence. And the other thing is parents, let your children suffer consequences. There are, there are natural consequences in life. Now, I'm not a big user of consequences. I think there's a time for it, but it's way... Jane Nelson, who made consequences famous, uh, now says that she was wrong because parents use it as, like, punishment. You know, um, okay, that's it. There's a consequence. You know, and that's, that's not a consequence. That's punishment. But if you say the consequence of using my clothes and not putting them back is you can't take my clothes. That makes sense. That's natural, logical, makes total sense. But um, uh, you didn't eat your dinner and now you can't go out with your friends or I don't know, you know, it just, it's overused. But there are consequences in life and you need to let your children experience them. So if they go to school unprepared, don't rescue them. Don't bring their homework. Don't bring their sneakers. You know, let them experience it and have them come home and say, let's brainstorm. Brainstorm with your children. It is the most important technique. It makes them feel smart, contributing, important, um, part of the problem, part of the solution. Uh, so brainstorm. So how could you remember? What could we do to have you remember your sneakers next time? And they will come up with the most fabulous ideas. And write down everybody's ideas. Never say, no, that won't work. Just write down all the ideas and then just go back and look at the ideas and say, okay, which one of them make the most sense? Now, I'm going to tell you this little voice in my head just said, oh my God, people must be getting so overwhelmed with all this information. Number one, if you have a PhD, you work very hard on your dissertation because it was very important to you. If you went up for a job, you did everything you could to learn how to do that job. And you might have worked nights or weekends to do that. I don't think there is anything more important on the face of this earth to you than your child. They deserve the time for you to take to put into your parenting, and I know it's hard, and I know you're busy, and I know, listen, just because people are, just because people can have access to you for 24 hours a day doesn't mean they should. So if you put down, if you have times where you put your phones in a basket and you don't touch them or look at them, you will be able to give your children more time and attention. And once you train yourself to do what I'm, what I'm suggesting, I promise your parenting will be easier because it takes less time to do what I'm teaching you after you learn it than it does to get into power struggles. Mm -hmm. No one wins in power struggles. I once, right. my, my little one was very um, strong-willed. And she was about 18 months old, and I was going to lead, um, uh, do a parenting talk. And um, uh, I was trying to put on her diaper, and she just wouldn't cooperate. And I played all the games, and I chased her, and we put on diaper-changing music. 
and we did all kinds of things and nothing worked. And finally I said, that's it. And I put her down and tears are streaming down my face. And I kind of hold her down and put her diaper on, which I would never do again. And she stands up, looks at me, takes her diaper tabs and looks me straight in the face and opens them both. And the diaper falls off. That's Mm -hmm. a power struggle. So I said to her, you know what, sweetie, if you don't want to wear clothes, you don't have to wear clothes. And I put her in the car naked. And I said, if you get cold, let me know. And we'll put your diaper and your clothes on. And I opened the window. Of course, she got very cold. You know, (laughs) and sometimes you take a naked kid. I mean, I can't tell you to stop doing this because this is something that ran my life until I actually got rid of the belief. What makes me good enough is having other people think well of me. No. No matter who thinks well of you or doesn't, it doesn't make you good enough. And so many of us are run by what people think. What will people think if I come in with a naked baby? What will people think if my kid is half-dressed? What will people think if they're wearing this bizarre outfit? I will tell you one thing. Your child is more important than what anybody thinks about you. And what anybody thinks about you changes from minute to minute to minute. So personally, I wouldn't worry about it. And and again, I'm, I, I know that's silly because you will worry about it because we all have beliefs, <laughs> you know, and I'm in the belief business. I mean, I could help you get rid of that belief so it never comes back again. But at right. least be conscious, be conscious that you're worried about more what people think than your own kid. Just be conscious of that. And maybe sometimes you'll be able to not, um, to, to opt for your child's well-being. Right. Wonderful. Well, what, uh, what's that? <laughs> I said tough stuff, huh? Yeah, good good stuff. I think I asked some pretty juicy questions that I think uh, will will give people some really good material to get started with. So thank you very much. So Shelly, I know that you have a very special gift for our audience. Uh, can you share what that is and where our listeners can yes. access it? Yes. It's the 10 things that parents do to sabotage their kids' success and happiness in the future. And uh, there are a few videos uh, that will give you pretty much what you need to know. <laughs> um, oh, good. You can get them at um, theleftcoway.com. Fantastic. Great. Well, thank you so much for this wonderful conversation. I found it so, so valuable. Thank you. I did too. I'm glad. I'm your host, Andrea Corella of True Potential Counseling. And just to recap what we covered on today's interview with Shelley. We covered what the differences are between conscious and unconscious parenting, the qualities and responsibilities of an effective parent, how to lead your child to greater self-esteem, joy, and confidence, what the impact that anger has on your child's life, and how to use a special phrase to avoid the damage that that can cause, some practical parenting tips that you can easily implement now, and then also how to not engage in a power struggle with your child and actually help them thrive in their life. Stay tuned for tomorrow's next interview on the Create a Relationship You Love Summit series. I can't wait to connect with you then. Have a great day.